And welcome into Gator Bites on the 1010XL.com podcast network. Also being simulcast on the Florida Gator 1010XL Facebook page. Today's Gator podcast is brought to you by Southeast Orthopedic Specialist. They're Northeast Florida's leading orthopedic center, providing an unparalleled level of care across numerous locations in both Jacksonville and St. Augustine. That includes Riverside, Northside, the Southside, the Beaches, Fleming Island, and St. John's. He is Denny Thompson. I'm the hacker, Ryan Green. The Florida Gators play a bowl game uh, this week. We're recording this Wednesday morning. The Gators will be on the field Thursday night. The Gasparilla Bowl. Fired up. Oh, man. Against UCF. Yeah. Um, Telling the family to go home, sitting in the room with some cold ones by yourself, fired up, ready for this game. I'm going to watch it. I don't know if I'd go as far as say I'm fired up, but I'm going to watch it. It's the last mm-hmm. football game of the year, uh, at least for another eight and a half months. What's tomorrow, Thursday? Yeah. I'm going to put it at 50-50 on whether. What time to start? 7 o'clock tomorrow night, I believe. Well, I'm going to put it at 80-20. I don't watch it because we have groups, but yeah, I probably won't watch it. Yeah, I mean, look, it is what it is. And and we'll be sitting here in May wishing Florida was playing UCF in the Gasparilla Bowl. So I'm going to enjoy it for what it is. Hopefully the Gators can win. If UCF wins, it's obviously a bigger story. UCF have knocked off one of the big three in the state. It's really weird, though, man, because the Florida hasn't really practiced. Yeah, well, that's what I was going to ask you. All right, so Billy Napier, all we're focusing on is him, his staff, the recruiting class they put together last week, the new quarterback that's in town. We'll get to him in a moment. What about the Gators that are actually playing <laughs> tomorrow night as far as their prep, their coaches, what's going in to the game plan against UCF? That's a fantastic question. I don't know. I, I mean, I I uh, have heard that there's – that's an awkward situation. I'm not – like, this isn't a bad thing on Napier or the other staff. Or I mean, think about that. You're being retained to coach a bunch of guys who don't want you coaching them because they're not going to be their coach next year. You know you're not going to have a job next year. And at the same time, the guy that just – the guys that took your job are literally moving you out of your office. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like it's just a for any college that this happens to, it's a it's a odd transition. But you know the schedules as far as like when the lifts and the workouts and the practices have been a little clunky. I think and you know I don't know if they I think they practiced like three times. I'll tell you this: Zach Carter's not playing. I'm shocked. Again, as of this recording, unless something changes in the next thirty plus hours. Guys like Damian Pierce and Kyrie Elam are planning on playing. Yeah. I'm shocked Kyrie Elam is playing. Yeah, I am too. I I am too. I don't really, I don't understand that one at all. I get Damian Pierce. Um, Will Elam get credit for playing in this game when it comes to, because some guys get bashed for kind of bailing on their team. By by fans? Fans, yeah. You know, I don't think scouts necessarily care. The scouts don't care at all. But, okay, fans. Oh, you're bailing on your team. Well, in that same token, well, Kyrie Elam, will there be more of appreciation for him now I think that so, he's playing in the bowl game? If you go back to Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, he did the same thing. Now, he wasn't as highly touted, or he's, he didn't get drafted as high as what Elam was going to. Dante Fowler did the same thing, too. Uh, I didn't think about it. Chauncey comes to mind because he had a phenomenal game Yeah, when he came back. Oh, so did Fowler. Fowler was the Birmingham Bowl. Against East Carolina. Maybe that's why I don't remember. Yeah, we had like two and a half sacks. <laughs> you might remember it for a, an incident involving Gator running back Adam Lane and a pair of white pants. Oh, yeah. yeah. So that, yeah. that's the more that's the most <laughs> the biggest memory I have of that game. Yeah, so, I mean if you go if you look at what because Gator fans love Chauncey Gardner Johnson for that. Yeah. 
So if you look at that, I'm sure he will get a little bit of credit. But yeah, I think you're right. I don't think scouts give. I think if you ask most scouts, they'd be like, no, don't play. Understanding that. I hate to use the word meaningless, but okay. It is. No, it absolutely is. But we are talking to the Gator audience here. Mm -hmm. And Gator fans are going to watch this game tomorrow night. Sold out. Whether you're not or I'm not, Gator fans are. What should Gator fan be looking for tomorrow night in a game where if you win it, you're supposed to. If you lose it, it's a bigger story because you lose to UCF. Well, I mean, I think the the reality of it is you ha- still have better players on the field than UCF. If if you look at which, you know, we've been doing all year as as Gator fans, we've been looking at what, you know, the teams that have more talent than Florida and talking about Dan Mullen's recruiting and all that. So this is a situation where if you look at from a, just a recruiting ranking standpoint, you have better players than UCF, period. Mm-hmm. But the issue is you don't have coaches and you haven't practiced. And, you know, now you know, your last game you beat Florida State, which is really what you needed to do to end the season. So I don't know how the players take it, but I think the fans, you're going to want to win. Anytime they keep score, you want to win. But if you want to really evaluate, just look at the one-on-one battles. See who's winning those, right? So there's going to be some young guys playing for Florida, stuff like that. Like if you want to see who's going to be, you know, what's on deck for Florida, then watch the guard versus, you know, the three tech. You know, watch the matchup of, you know, the linebacker versus the running back. Just to kind of see, does that make sense? Just yeah. to kind of see. Well, and watch your underclassmen. Yeah, yeah. The ones just, that'll be back next year. Just to see how they compete, just to see how they stack up against against players that maybe they were a higher-ranked recruit, but maybe they're two years younger then. Is Big Cat playing for UCF? Uh, truthfully, I, I have no idea. If he is, that could be a problem. Yeah. The transfer from Auburn, Big yeah. Cat Bryant. Yeah, if he is, that, that dude's legit, man. Um, If he is, that could be a little bit of a problem for Emory. See, and the issue is, too, and again, I don't know about the program. I know about the fan base. I got buddies that are UCF alums. UCF's fired up to have this opportunity tomorrow night. At least the fans are. That's why they sold out their allotment of tickets. I mean, they get to play Big Bad Florida, a team that in their mind, whether it's true or not, but in the UCF fans' mind, has been avoiding them in the regular season for the last decade. Whether that's true or not, I don't believe it to be. But again, this is the UCF fan base we're talking about. That's what they believe. Delusional. So they are fired up for this, whereas Florida fan, you and I, Florida podcast hosts, it's just get it over with and start thinking about next year. I mean, Joey Gatewood's there, and I've talked to him a couple of times, and he came in and threw last week. And, uh, I mean, I, I, they've practiced. I mean, yeah. that's – I know that. Well, Dylan Gabriel's gone. Yeah, right? DG's gone. Um, so, I mean, they, you know, they've been practicing. They've been practicing most every day. So, I mean – I. I also think this is a big game for Gus Malzahn from a recruiting pitch standpoint. So where are the stakes higher? They're certainly higher for UCF. But once you get – here's the thing. Once you get into a full stadium and once the emotions take over, you know, it, then it becomes, okay, how interested is Florida? You know, how, how badly do they want to play that game then? Because I don't think right now – and, you know, Anthony's not playing, and I haven't really talked to anybody else. I don't think right now the players really – are that excited about the game. That's just my personal feeling. And, and I, I but I think when they get there, yeah, they could be probably today, probably yesterday, they started to get excited excited about the game. They're gonna get there to a sold out environment and they're gonna want to play. 
obviously Billy Napier is not coaching. The new staff is not coaching. So does a loss matter? No. It doesn't matter at all. No, like I said, I mean, what I told fans to watch is what they're going to be watching. Those individual matchups, they want to see them compete, all the coach speak and all that kind of stuff. But really what they want to find out is who are the dudes? I'll tell you an interesting subplot, too, and I haven't talked to you. You were in Fort Lauderdale last week when this happened, so this is our first conversation about it. Emory Jones is entering the transfer portal, what, after the game, right? Mm -hmm. He's going to play the game tomorrow as the Gator quarterback, and then I guess on, what, Friday morning, he's in the transfer portal, and he's free to go wherever he wants. The whole Emory thing, your thoughts on Emory's time in Gainesville, entering the portal, how this whole thing has come about. Well, I mean, the way he handled it, I kind of been hinting at for the last three weeks, talking about the December 23rd game. Yeah. And how that works to his advantage. And he's playing it perfectly. So you kind of knew well, this I mean, was the direction. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's common sense when you live in that world. It's not common sense to that. You know, you know what I mean? Like, that's my job. So something that I walked into your job, whoever you are listening, and it's common sense to you would not be to me. Weekly reminder, Denny Thompson was six points. Right. Trains quarterbacks, including Anthony Richardson, right. who you have a very close relationship with, and you've worked with Emory Jones in the past. So I think the way he's doing this is very respectable, and I think that's the way, as a career, he should be remembered at Florida. This, this, this kid has been nothing but the best of ambassadors for UF. And, you know, regardless of what you think about the year that he had, it's not like he's Treon. Right. He's, he's been pretty good. He was Dan Mullen's first recruit, right? That's right. And he's been, you know, he, he's been supportive in everything that Florida has done, including this, because it would have been easy for Emory to say right after the season, I'm hitting the portal, go have fun with Carlos Del Rio and John Kitten in your bowl game. That would have been super easy. But he looked at this as I came in with these guys, I'm going out with these guys. I'm going to play. I'm going to let it be known that I'm going to hit the portal so people can start putting me on their board, but I'm going to finish my time at Florida the right way. Do the Gators win tomorrow night? I think they do. Yeah, I think they do. I I, I think they win. Um, I mean, my gut tells me it won't be particularly close because I've watched a lot of UCF this year. Yeah. I I, I think they eat that quarterback up. Um, he's a freshman. I don't really know why Gus keeps going to him. Um, but I, I, I think they get the ball from him a couple of times. They get a couple of picks and what's the dynamic in that stadium tomorrow night? It's sold out. It's in Tampa. Is it 50, 50? Is it majority no. Gator fan? I think it's majority Gator fans. I, I mean, I don't, well, you know, I say that, I mean, that stadium's what, uh, an hour. Yeah. At the most, right. From UCF. Um, and people are and they're know, fired up days. Yeah. You, you, it may be 50, 50. I, I don't know. It, that'll be interesting to say. I'm not normally a crowd guy. I usually don't care, but that. That I am interested to see that. Yeah, one fan base is excited, one fan hey, base but, that's ho hum. Well, real quick, I want to say because we we pick on UCF a lot, but the reality is I want to see them show up for this game because I want there to be, you know, I like UCF being good. I like having another team in Florida that frankly draws much better than Miami does. Mm-hmm. Right? There's much more support for them than Miami. Oh, has. they have forty thousand in their home stadium, just about every, every game. game. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, I think that's cool, and I think it's a you know, you start looking at South Florida and teams like that, and, and it starts to set a blueprint on how to build a program that you don't have to be a traditional power to actually be um, profitable in the football game. So I, I want them to do well. Today's Gator Podcast is brought to you by Southeast Orthopedic Specialist for the highest quality care. You can rely on Southeast Orthopedic Specialist for any orthopedic injury or concern. 
You can log on to their website by going to se-ortho.com and you can listen. For Southeast Orthopedic Specialist, the good doctor, Kevin Murphy, on Thursday mornings in the 7 o'clock hour with Jeff and Dan right here on 1010XL for his weekly analysis of injuries in sports. To the football stuff that does not surround the bowl game tomorrow. I haven't had a chance to talk with you since Billy Napier put his first recruiting class together last week. We've had a week to digest it. Obviously, there's a lot more to come in February. But Kamari Wilson, Devin Moore, Shamar James, there's no doubt from where Florida was Wednesday afternoon to where they finished Wednesday night, it was a good close for Billy Napier, who only had about 10 days on the job before signing day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have this pet peeve with new staffs when a new staff comes in and um, for a how do I put this politically correct? For a large portion of the class, they disregard all of the scouting that went into who the previous class was recruiting. And they start to say things like, you know, we we don't want that kid. Well, okay, well, Alabama and Georgia and everybody else wanted him. Why don't is the reason you don't want him is because the other staff wanted him? Like, what's the deal here? You know? And I, so Are you talking about Mullins guys? Yeah, I, I think there's a couple of Mullins guys. And we talked about this when this happened. When Hevesy was fired, um, I talked about, you know, Hevesy is a relationship recruiter. And you're going to have to make an effort. And Hevesy j- doesn't just recruit O-linemen, right? I, I wish they could have kept a couple of those guys. Now, I'm being picky. And that's my pet peeve across college football is new staffs and the way they handle because I've been right in the middle of it several times with quarterbacks, the way they handle the previous staff's recruits. But what he did in the short time he was there for guys who either weren't on the board for Florida or um, Florida was low, that was very impressive. And I think I think there's a couple guys he talked into delaying as well that could be coming their way in February that would at least put them in a you know top 30, top 35 class. In, um, in layman's terms for people that aren't in this world, the fact that in 10 days he punched through the IMG wall that Florida has had with IMG Academy, they just don't get anybody out of there. And he got Kamari Wilson in 10 days. How big is that for Florida moving forward? Uh, ooh. I was about to say something and I caught myself. I think, Feel free to keep sharing. Well, I think that's more of an institutional thing. I think that shows a little bit of an institutional shift um, at the university that Napier also probably has a lot to do with. Probably talk to them about uh, in the hiring process. Um, UF as a school has not really liked dealing with IMG guys, and so – it hasn't always been just the football coaches that have fallen short at IMG. Mm-hmm. So when I saw that, it's like, oh, okay, okay. So now Florida's willing to play this game, um, and, and and you know, but by this game, um, I'm not going to go into details on what this game means. But are they now playing the game that Alabama and Tennessee and Georgia and all of them are playing? Okay, and, and so, like, so I think it it represents more of an institutional shift than it does a coaching shift, which could be really good if you're a football fan at the University of Florida. Now, I love the little nuances of recruiting, and I'm sure you hear five or six of these stories a year. But Shamar James, who was a com- Gator commit, 
decommitted and then came back to Florida on signing day, shared a story about he and Patrick Tony, mm-hmm. the new Gator co-defensive coordinator, staying up till 2 a.m. playing Xbox the day of signing day, and then Shamar James ends up committing to Florida. Did he commit to Florida because of Xbox? I don't know, but I would find it hard to believe that Todd Grantham and Dan Mullen were up till 2 a.m. playing Xbox with a four-star kid. Uh, Grantham and Mullen weren't, but there were position coaches that were. Yeah. Plenty. Plenty. It's, it's the reason why I don't, it's the reason why I could never do that for a job. But I got my own damn family. You think I'm going to sit here and play Xbox with a 17-year-old? No. no. Heck no. Now, you either want to come to my school or you don't. But that's their job. And he did what he needed to do to close the deal. And, and hopefully that pays huge dividends in the future for him. And look, it's a good get for Florida. They got another one yesterday as former Ohio State quarterback, four-star prospect Jack Miller commits to the Gators. I know very little about him. I remember the name because I believe he was in the opening, right? The Nike yeah, Elite, Elite 11. 11 yep. All right, you're a quarterback guy. Yep. So I'm going to defer to you on this. Jack Miller to Gainesville, is that a big deal? It could be. I don't know what happened to Jack because a ton of arms. He talent. got hurt, didn't he? Well, there's more than that. So we had some off the field problems. Had some too. off the field oh, issues. Okay. But if you even go back before that, if you go back, I want to say going into his senior year in high school, he was like a top three quarterback or top and maybe top forty player in the country. And that went way down to where I don't even think he was in the top three hundred by the time he signed at Ohio State. That's weird. I don't know. I don't know what happened because his arm talent. I don't. I wouldn't think would change. I don't know if he had injuries in high school. I don't know. You know what? But he, usually an injury doesn't change it that much. And then he got to Ohio State and had some off the field issues. Um, had an OVI, not a DWI, but an OVI. I guess each state calls it something different. Operating vehicle while intoxicated. Right. Um, was booted off the team for a little while. Um, I don't know. They took him back. I guess. And then hit the portal. So I don't know. It's frankly, it's a name that until he hit the portal, I forgot about. All right. Now here's a little bit of uh, some homework on him. He enrolled at Ohio State January sixth, twenty twenty. He's from Scottsdale, Arizona. Six foot four, chopper all right. Uh, yes. Yep. Six foot four, two hundred and ten pounds. Uh, when he was being recruited, he had offers from Alabama, Auburn, LSU. Uh, Miami, you name it. Yeah, and he ultimately committed to Ohio State. So he was, I think, very Florida, much I think in Florida demand. offered him originally. Okay, so Florida did too. Now he's a pro style guy. Yep, very much. He's not Anthony Richardson. He's mm-hmm. not going to be running around, which is interesting because Billy Napier, I thought, likes guys like Anthony Richardson <laughs> that can. That's what he had with Levi Lewis at Louisiana Lafayette. So what does that mean that a four star pro style guy? is now coming with Billy Napier to Gainesville. That's what I was saying when I walked in. It's like, I'm really confused right now. I'm really confused on um, what the plan is with Anthony, what the plan is with your quarterback room. Um, I've I watched the Louisiana film, and this doesn't seem to fit. Although, I will say this. What was the sight and weight again? 6'4", 6'4", 210. So he's probably 6'4", 220, 225 now, right? Anthony's, you know, 6'5", 230. When I hear coaches say, well, it doesn't really fit my system um, with guys like this, then it's like, oh, all right, dude, how can you not let 6'4", 225 fit your system? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. at some point, a kid's talent has to fit whatever it is that you do. You don't just turn talent away. But I am, I'm with you on this hack. I'm a, I'm a little bit confused 
on what are we what are we doing? Like what's the game plan? Not from a quarterback, not from an individual quarterback, from what what are you looking for in your quarterback room? And when they haven't signed a twenty two, they're gonna sign a twenty two, I think. I'm very intrigued on what direction they head with that because I think that tells you okay, what they think they can do at UF and what style quarterback they want. Today's Gator Podcast brought to you by Southeast Orthopedic Specialist. They're Northeast Florida's leading orthopedic center, providing an unparalleled level of care across numerous locations in both Jacksonville and St. Augustine. That includes Riverside, Northside, the Southside, the beaches, Fleming Island, and St. John's. As we begin to wrap up this edition of Gator Bites, when you talk about Billy Napier and getting into February, you said that a couple of guys did not commit to maybe take a harder look at the University of Florida. So not putting words in your mouth, but this Gator class, they only signed, I think, nine or ten guys last week. You think they're going to get close to their allotment? Are they going to – this no. class is going to improve? No, I don't think they'll get anywhere near their allotment. I, I, I think I think they'll probably end up with the between 12 and 15. So then they'll be very active in the portal. Yeah, 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 very active in the portal. Um, I also think they're waiting to see – this is the other disadvantage they have is, is I think they're waiting to see which of their – guys jump in the portal because mm-hmm. I think there's still a handful that you know you question. Chris Bogle already has. He's at Michigan right. State already. The body already has. So, but I mean, I think there's, you know, we're talking yeah. about the guys that we know their names. Yeah. There's this whole other group that we don't know their names that are sitting there doing their homework right now saying, okay, if I go in the portal, do I have anywhere to go? And those are the guys that matter when it comes to how many spots you have to fill, not in recruiting, but through the portal. All right, as we wrap up, again, we'll do a hard look at basketball next week as conference play in basketball already begins next week. Florida is at Ole Miss on the 29th of December as SEC play begins. Um, So that'll be more for next week's show. Mike Norvell, Mario Cristobal, Billy Napier. Norvell, the elder statesman of the big three and the three big schools. Where do you think we're going to settle the recruiting battles, how the lay of the land's going to go over the next, say, three to five years? Even throw a Malzahn in, if you want. Yeah. Where are we in the state of Florida, Norvell versus Cristobal versus Napier versus Malzahn? Well, first off, I think that we're going to get some consistency. Uh, maybe not because of performance, but because I think the schools have to keep these guys for a little while. Right? So I think that's good for recruiting battles, by the way. Um the constant in and out that's been going on in the state of Florida isn't isn't ideal because if you look at the schools that are ruling the state of Florida, it's the guys who've had consistency at the, at the head coach position. So I think we get consistency. The one with the biggest question mark from a recruiting standpoint is Billy Napier just because he hasn't done it at the Division One level. What Mike Norvell did last week is crazy impressive considering the season they did. It got overshadowed by Travis Hunter. Yeah. But what he was able to do coming off of the two seasons he's had, it's pretty damn impressive. And and then you start to factor in their lack of facilities. Their their facilities are way worse than Florida's right now. You start to factor in their lack of facilities, um, lets me know he's going to be a player in the recruiting game. Cristobal is, Cristobal is far and away the best recruiter in the bunch, and it's not even close. Most experienced, best recruiter, best ties to South Florida and the state of Florida – um, so I think it's going to be entertaining to watch the recruiting battles. And then, you know, Napier, if, if that institutional shift has happened like it looks like it has, they're going to be in the ballgame for a lot of guys uh, 
like Georgia, and I quickly go back to when everybody roasted me for saying that that's not the comparison. What I'm talking about now in a coy way is what I was talking about then. Yeah. This institutional shift may put you to where you your expectations can be to recruit with Georgia. Got to get in the game with the guys that are beating you. There's no question about that. We got to go quick here. I know you got to go get on the radio. Holiday plans, obviously, with the uh, with Christmas now. Man, we have days a away. Uh, we have a big camp. Actually, we're doing a camp the twenty eighth, twenty ninth, and thirtieth. Uh, sold out. So not not marketing it, not pushing it, but ton of prep that goes into that, man. Yeah. So ton of prep. So we're we're working hard. We got all of our college guys, the exception of a few that are still playing in. So that's a daily thing. So we're we're grinding, man. Well, we'll Merry do Christmas while we're throwing footballs. Yeah, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays. We'll do it again next week, and we'll see if Florida. Can end on a positive note at the Gasparilla Bowl yep. in Tampa. That is Denny Thompson. I'm the Hacker Ryan Green. As always, thank you for watching and listening to Gator Bites. And again, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays to all of you that watch us every week here on 1010XL.com and on the Florida Gator 1010XL Facebook page.